In this episode of the Business E-Commerce, I talk with Chris Brewer about the best practices when working with a marketing agency. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 114. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulesky, and I'm here today with Chris Brewer. Chris is a co-founder of OMG Commerce, a digital e-commerce agency. OMG Commerce is a Google Premier Partner that places them in the top 2-3% to of all Google Partner agencies worldwide. I asked Chris on the show today to chat about what are the, some of the best practices when working with an agency. So hey Chris, how are you doing today? Man, I'm fantastic. I am enjoying the winter weather where I'm located, which right now is Missouri. But soon I'll be back in sunny Florida, so enjoying both places. Yes, Florida. Traveling down there actually next week for uh, to see some family, and it is fantastic getting out of the Northeast. Um, same thing with the winter weather. So this is <laughs> timing is very good for that. So great to great to have you in the show, though. It's, it's super interesting to talk about kind of the whole agency side, right? On so this is episode 114. It was 111. I talked to um, John from Credo all about hiring SEO agencies, kind of the initial how to find the agency, how to hire. Um, and that's was a super interesting show. So I was thinking, you know, there's a lot you guys do with agency work on how to actually the work with the agency and also kind of what we we're talking before the show, how to fire the agency is also kind of another thing. Just how to um, end your relationship, let's say with an agency, <laughs> it's laid a different way. So I guess first, you know, tell me some, a little bit of your experience kind of at, you are, you're on the agency side, right? So you guys yeah, are- Absolutely. Yep. yep. We're on the agency side. So we've been hired and we've also been fired. So I got, we got both ends of the spectrum covered, but you know, seriously for about 10 years, my business partner, Brett Curry and I, who's, uh, pretty well spoken on around the circuits and events and has his own podcast as well. He and I have grown this agency, mainly focusing on Google services, search shopping, YouTube and display. And then also in the last couple of years, Amazon as well and have a team. It's getting close to 40 people, which is just mind boggling to me. But, you know, I'm, I'm fielding personally two to three leads a day and on the hiring side, I'm on the other side of that, right? Like your other podcast was talking about how to hire. I'm on the other side of that because people are hopefully have done their homework before they've called us. And then we're engaging with those brands. But I'm pretty passionate about quality in terms of the agency and the client relationships and keeping our industry kind of clean, as clean as we can and not getting into some of those bad experiences that are out there that, you know, a lot of people have bad experiences when working with an agency. It's not unusual for me to be the second, third, or even fourth stop, you know, <laughs> that uh, they've, they've kind of been through several. And I, I frankly try to slow that down if, if I can. And so that's why it's important to know how to hire as you had on your previous podcast, but it's also important to know how do you get rid of your agency? Like, what's the best way to do it? Can you hurt yourself by actually firing your agency for the right reasons? Um, and some folks fire for the wrong reasons. And then 
I think another topic maybe we could talk about would be just the working relationship. When you are working with an agency or freelancer, how do we make the most of that, right? So that's kind of my take on those those two topics. Yeah, I think the, the working relationship is something that a lot of folks first get wrong. And second, a lot often people let the agency kind of dictate the working relationship. And I think some agencies have a good way of doing it. And other ones, they kind of want you as the... Um, as the hirer to kind of guide them, things like weekly check-ins. Should it be every week? Should it be every day? Should it be a stand-up? All these different things. What are kind of the right ways to do this? Like how often should you be yeah. talking to them? Who should you be talking to? Because in some cases also, I've seen folks, um, they kind of just hire the agency and it's almost like they just like throw the problem over the wall and then hope that like in three weeks it just comes back done. And then they see other people that want to kind of sit with them every single day and like be involved. And like, where do you kind of see that as like, where would you draw the line and say is like the right? And when, when is it the right to do that? Well, I think, you know, what I've seen over the years is it, it depends on the size of the business and the sophistication of the business and what they bring to the table. And, and so when we've worked years ago with franchises and small businesses, there was a lot of that here. Let me give this to you. Please help me. And then, you know, they don't look at their reports. And, you know, essentially, if they really can't see that the phone is ringing often enough, that's when you're going to get a phone call and have to defend all the work that you've done, even though they probably haven't read all the reports for the last four or five months. So that's usually and, small and, businesses that kind of just throw it over the wall and say, yeah, go do I typically, this Yeah, I typically see that. Occasionally in e-commerce, we get people that, frankly, have built multi-million dollar businesses or at least a seven-figure e-commerce business, yet they really haven't taken the time to educate themselves and because they've heard good things about us, that tends to lead sometimes to them just abdicating and say, same kind of thing. Here, help help me out. And we, frankly, are very cautious about getting involved in relationships like that. And because that's kind of how you get hurt sometimes from both sides. One, you hurt yourself when you're not educated enough about what your agency or freelancer is going to be doing for you. And and second, if you're um, if you're not educated enough, then you're you're just not going to be able to call somebody out when a strategy is being recommended that could be two years old. You know, um, so I think to make the most of these relationships, I, I have a little acronym that I use and it's called time because it's all about time. Right. I mean. We, we, we are going to put the time in to hire this agency, but while we're working with them, how are we going to make the most of that? And so the first is transparency. So being open, uh, I'm often surprised sometimes when people just don't want to share their numbers at all uh, because we haven't gone down enough the road in terms of their mind to be, to be trustworthy. And that's where we've introduced NDAs and things like that to make people feel comfortable. But more than just numbers, it's just simply transparency on how you're feeling about the relationship. Um, if if it's not working or you don't think it's working, 
you've got to be transparent with that and, and have a discussion out in the open about what's going on. Because many times if people will do that, they'll, they'll find that it's not at all what it seems. And that's when you're, you're quiet. To me, entrepreneurs are great at, at conspiracy theories <laughs> because in the absence of communication and transparency, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories based on your old war rooms from dealing with old freelancers or agencies or employees that you think someone's maybe taking advantage of you. So transparency is incredibly important. And then kind of piggybacking on that, the I in time is, is to implement proactively. So when those course adjustments are needed, it's kind of like what they say in schools, you know, right now, if you see something, say something. I would say if you, if you feel something, say something. So it's the agency's job to be proactive when it comes to your account and driving strategy. However, just like an in-house person, if you're working with people in-house, they can't read your mind. So you've got to communicate where you're frustrated or if you've got a sneaking suspicion. And so the right agency are going to receive those questions gratefully and, and respond. So implement proactively when you got to make those uh, things. Then I like to meet in person. That's the M. Uh, there's so much virtual that's happening. And it doesn't mean you got to hop on a plane and go, go fly to see all your clients or you've got to go fly and see your agency. But hey, I would say you probably should go fly out and visit your agency at their location at least once. Have, have a meal, see what their facility is like. Uh, is, did you think it was a big organization and you went up to the third floor of an office center and it's one guy in a room, you know, so what, what is that, you know, go into interest industry events and, and having some FaceTime there, that to me does not happen enough. And what we've found with our own agency is if we make an effort to try and meet people at least once a year face to face, and those relationships are the one that typically stick around. Because it's just more of a of a solid relationship built there, and then the final one is just expectations, which you know is probably big in, in your business as well. You got to have clear expectations and your KPIs in writing. And the final thing I'll say about that that's so important: we can have expectations at first when we engage with a client, and we think everything is golden. All of a sudden, somebody wakes up four or five months into the relationship and everything's off track. And it's because the expectations of one or the other have shifted and we've never gotten back in alignment. So I always tell folks every 90 days or so, make sure you're revisiting those expectations. So those are four kind of quick tips on how to make the most of those engagements. Yeah, it's always surprising the expectation setting ahead of time. I've worked with a number of agencies where they don't do that. And it's almost like they rely on you as the um, hirer to kind of give them the expectations. But sometimes you don't really know what KPIs to even put in place. So it's kind of you get into this, this situation where, you know, X amount of hours in, you start looking at the report and say, like, what are we even what have you been doing? And then you kind of look backwards and then you're just trying to actually come up with expectations later on. And like you said, it's totally off track at that point. So would you normally say it's the agency's kind of responsibility to like whose responsibility is to come up with those expectations and kind of decide, and then you both sign on the dotted line. Like, how does that work? I think that's where the transparency comes in is that it's on the, 
the store side or the e-commerce owner side, you've got to bring all your expectations out into the light on that discovery call or that first call you're having with the company that you're thinking about hiring. And then you've got to allow the agency to let you know how many of those expectations are attainable within the scope that they're qualified to deliver. And how are there any of those expectations that are just way off the ranch <laughs> that are pie in the sky kinds of things? So and, and I would encourage people that, that do that to not get defensive and um, and not drag their heel, uh, put their heels in the ground on expectations that they think they have to have. I, I really believe that people miss out on great agency partnerships because they're unwilling to modify their expectations based on an expert's uh, experience in, in the industry. Uh, on the agency side, it's equally important that they lay out their expectations for the, the campaigns or whatever you're going to be doing. Uh, and actually, Charles, it, it's kind of interesting because you know we've done service agreements for years. You, you have the discovery call, everything's good. You may do an audit of the account, checking out how the quality of the Google ads or how the Amazon is, is running. You have that call. Now you're, you're two or three calls in, everybody's feeling good. And, and then, uh, you, you send the agreement out. They're so in honeymoon mode that they're just looking for the signature line. They sign off and then surprise, surprise, two or three months down the road when, we've been able to scale their campaigns to another tier and their bill comes in higher because they broke through to another spend tier. Uh, all of a sudden we're getting a phone call, like how come I'm getting a bill for four grand or whatever it is? I thought I was only supposed to be paying 2,500. Well, we've scaled your account up and we're meeting all of your return on ad spend goals and this was in the agreement. Well, I never saw that. So. That's another thing. We we actually just implemented this, and I push back against my COO, you know, typical owner pushing back against the COO. But I pushed back and was like, oh, I don't know. I don't think these – I don't think new clients – I mean, we just had three or four calls. They're not going to want another call to review their agreement. Let's not slow this down. But I was wrong because – Actually, the clients really appreciate it. It takes like 10 minutes tops. And what we do is we spell out on our service agreements, here are our expectations of you as a client. Return our calls. Get back to us soon. You may hold us up You know, if you're, if you're not. That's just an example. And then client, here are your expecta you know, expectations of us. We're going to be a partner. We're not going to increase billing over the th first 30 days unless we're discussing that and it's in alignment with strategy. All of those kind of things. And so that way we've had that one-on-one -on -one to clarify the expectations. And it's really been amazing how smooth things have gone over the first you know, several months of our engagements after doing that. How do you find that? I see what happens a lot of times with expectation setting. And it's usually, and I've seen both sides of this, the business that's high, doing the hiring in the agency, the business is coming up with unreal expectations. But because it's kind of early on in the process, kind of during the sales process, the agency might not want to necessarily push back on them too hard. So they kind of say yes to some things that... Big mistake. Yeah. Like, how do you... First, as a business, how do you know you're not doing this? Because sometimes you're hiring someone, um, you know, 
you give a return ad spend that's just off the wall and like no one could ever meet it. So and as a business owner, you're doing that. But then how do you know the agency is just not saying yes to you and just to win your business? Like from both sides, how do you know this is happening? Yeah, I, I don't I can't recall if on the previous podcast, if if the SEO guy kind of mentioned this in terms of the hiring process. But part of that is, you know, at least asking for a reference, somebody you could talk to that's done business with that firm before. But I think the other thing is just those red flags can be on both sides. So we'll get we may get red flags from an expectation or or even something that said, like, when we get on a call and someone says, I just have to get this done now. That's a red flag for us. Uh, it could be completely legitimate. But what I just have to get this done right now usually means is they haven't planned or prepared and they're looking to get bailed out. Um the other things that we kind of look for is um, from the agency side or from the client side or prospect, you know, calling in. If you're hearing that immediate results are going to be delivered and promised, to me, that should be a red flag expectation. Because let's face it, you know, competition is getting a lot uh, more difficult. CPAs on Facebook are higher, ad costs on Google are higher, it takes longer to get things done. So immediate results would be a, a red flag for me. Also, uh, if you're not getting written plans, if you're not, uh, if you're wanting to get locked in for long periods of time, that's a red flag for me because it should be more performance based. And I think if you're getting evasive or defensive answers to things, that's another red flag that if they can't answer, or at least say they were going to research it and get back to you, then that's something that you know you be, need to be really wary of. Um, so I, I would just say that on the to answer the first part of your question, if the agency is sensing that there's expectations they can't fulfill, but yet they want to go ahead and move the campaign forward, I, I would just say to any agencies listening for that, you got to stop that activity because that's only going to result in a short-term engagement and you getting uh, thrown to the trash heap of potential agencies. Because uh, there's so many mastermind groups out there on Facebook and people talk. These e-commerce entrepreneurs, they talk to each other. Um, I'm not going to say it on this podcast, but I, there are two agencies, well, three agencies that get mentioned to me consistently that, you know, for various reasons. And you know, I, I'd love to be able to say, hey, guys, did you know that for the last week I've had five people say your agency really sucked it up for them? You know, so um, at, at any rate, I, I don't want to keep going along on that uh, tangent. But it, the expectations is just huge. And I think the biggest way that you can do it is revisiting and and not just letting it go and and letting it go further down, because that's how. We hear clients when we're at like a IRCE or a big trade show, event trade show, and we have companies coming up and talking to us and we ask, why are you looking for another agency? The number one answer I hear is when we started, they were the ones initially driving strategy and then they seemed to kind of cool their heels and then we had to push. We had to drive the strategy. Well, if you're communicating at least every two or three months on expectations, 
the agency should be hearing, you guys aren't driving the strategy anymore. Oh, well, we didn't realize that. Let's let's reassess. What do we need to do? You know, how can we communicate better? So it all comes down to communication. So in the topic of communication, what sort of cadence should you expect as the business owner with the agency and who should uh, define that cadence on when should you be talking? How much? How long? What sort of reports? Like, where is that? Is is there a set number for that? Or is that something yeah. you negotiate? Or what do you what are your thoughts I on that? That's a great point. Great question, Charles. The what what we do, kind of our standard is the first 90 days we are having biweekly calls. And that way there's enough consistency to make sure there's nothing being dropped, that we're making sure that they're seeing the results. And if there's we're we're getting to know each other. So I suggest in the early goings that you're having more frequent communication. I don't think there's a perfect number. Uh, I, we have had uh, prospects come in that said, well, I was having weekly calls with my last agency, but maybe they're only spending fifteen dollars or $20,000 a month on Google Ads. I would argue in most cases, there's not enough data happening in the last seven days with that amount of spend for us to even take our specialist off your account and put them on a phone call. And, and so, whereas other clients that maybe, you know, we've got YouTube clients that are spending $250,000 a month on YouTube or more. And we better be having weekly conversations with those accounts because there's a lot of moving pieces and new content and things like that that are, that are coming on board. So there's no perfect answer, Charles, but I, I would say that from for the e-commerce store owners that are listening, be reasonable with your agency in, in terms of communication. If they have a proven process and you've heard from others that they do a really good job, then then work within their system first rather than trying to have them change their system that has proven results to fit the way you would like to communicate as far as the cadence goes. Um, and I also think sometimes email is used too much in, in the absence of phone calls. And, and so I, I'm sure you've had this situation before. You get this email in, it, your ears start getting hot, and you're like, oh, man. So you, you type, you fire off another email, and then here comes the other one back. And nobody stops to pick up the phone and go, hey, Joe, I got your email. Did you really mean what you said in that second sentence? And, and oh, no, 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 here's what I meant. We tell folks all the time, you know, if you've gone back and forth more than, than three times, two to three times on an email exchange, stop. You know, that's when you want to have those, those phone calls. So I, I really, it depends on the client relationship, level of spend, and and what the typical process is for that agency. I see. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the phone. I think a lot of people go too deep in email. And uh, I think we've all received those emails before. That's like the, the wall of text where you open the email and then you immediately just like, I can't do this right now. And you just like close it, mark it as unread. And you're like, I'll deal with that later. And later turns into like three days from now. And you're like, I still can't even, I can't even process this email, like reading it, little less responding to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think well, we've all that's done one that. of my little little secrets that 
you know, I, I'm happy to, to share it. I don't know how many agencies will be listening, but there is such a dependence, even addiction with email these days that it, it's, a, it's a great edge for me because if I want to call on a particular Shopify store, I've got a tool, I can probably find their phone number and who owns it. I may just cold call. And, and it's not going to be a pitch. It's going to be an offer for assistance or a resource or something I noticed. But many times those people answer the phone and they don't get prospected a lot. The flip side, if we get an inbound lead, sure, I've got an assistant that reviews the leads and qualifies them and makes sure they should get on a phone call with me. But if I see a lead come in that looks substantial, guess what? Within minutes of it arriving, I am going to be on the phone and dialing that phone number they put in the form. And nine times out of 10, the person goes, wow, like they're so surprised I'm even calling. And and it's a short call, but I have an edge there, I believe, because people just don't use the phone like they should. anymore. Yeah, I mean, and if people are spending that much per month at that point and kind of jumping into some sort of contract for, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months, whatever it is, you kind of want to get that feeling first on like, all right, is this, is this really a real person at the other end? Like, who are they? What's their experience? How, you know, just a lot of things about that person you can kind of pull over the phone versus everyone kind of hides behind email and some web form type of thing. And yeah, yeah it definitely, there's a lot lost in that. And I think people underestimate that. Yeah. You know, I, do you want to talk a little bit about like firing the agency, that's the fun stuff. That's exactly what I was just going to ask, actually, because I'm very curious on. So once it kind of runs its course, right? So first, what is, is there a natural kind of like running of, okay, we've kind of reached our, the end of our relationship. And then at that point, what do you do there to kind of say, all right, I think it's, I think it's over between us. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I think it'd be a cool video to make sometime, Charles, where you kind of got this split screen and over here, it's the agency going like, man, I, I don't know. I think Charles is going to cancel. You know, I just, that last call, I just kind of feel it. And then you split over here and the, the (laughs) client, the the client's like, man, those guys, I'm just not sure. You know, they, that last call, it, they just didn't have a good answer for, for my question you know, maybe we should start looking around. So it's kind of almost like a, a marriage relationship where, you know, you're, you're in the same bed, but no, nobody's talking. Yeah. And so it's really vitally important when you begin to feel any level of discomfort with any interaction you're having with your agency or freelancer that you bring it out into the light. Um, because you might be perceiving something incorrectly or you might be perceiving something correctly, but it's a result of a mis- miscommunication. And we have been fired before where after the client apologized, but they'd already signed on with someone else because they realized when they had the other agency start working that what we were telling them was completely accurate. And um, and so, you know, you got to think about, you know, the average CMO tenure these days is 44 months. But but if you know any idea what the average tenure with an agency is, it's 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 like five or six months. Yeah, I was gonna say about the contract length, and then I feel like when they're done with that contract, it's kind of a lot of people. Yeah, it runs its course. So, so you got nearly four years for an in-house person versus typical agency. Well, what's what's the difference there? 
And, and I would argue that the difference is that when that person is in-house, they're in the meetings, they're hearing the communication. Um, there, there's also just visibility. I can see you. <clears throat> and so it's really important that when you get those vibes that something's off track, you don't just let it go. You don't continue to have calls and be like, well, you know, we'll just continue to watch it. And and so that that increase in turnover um, usually is a lot of times is the time spent in the hiring process. They, they shortcutted the hiring process. And then, you know, to, to actually move forward, let's let's say that. Well, how you, you just before you do that, actually, how would yeah. you push back in kind of a respectful but direct way? Because I feel like that's that's that awkwardness there where you kind of want to push back, but you don't you don't even know what to say. And this kind of this like so I think a lot of people just don't do it because they don't know how to do it. So what would be the right way to actually question, not question or push back, but just kind of let let the agency know that you're not failing it right now? Well, I, I think it's something that actually has happened a, a few times with us at the very beginnings is like we almost lost an account one time because we said we would send the agreement over and like a week went by, we had sent uh, an email over to say, hey, we're just checking on your agreement. And they basically said, we already chose this other agency because we never got your agreement. Well, I actually got on the phone and said, can you do me just a quick favor? Well, sure. Can you check your spam folder? They checked their spam folder. There was our agreement sent on the day that we said we would. Um, and so, you know, we learned from that. We learned to make sure they tell them to check their spam folder. But those are those things that some people move ahead before actually investigating what happened. And, and so usually it's always about, it's a performance or communication. And so with us, sometimes we've had situations where, um, let's say Black Friday, which, you know, back in, in November or coming up February, let's say it's, it's Valentine's Day. And so they're going to have a Valentine's Day promotion. And the agency has been asking for a couple of weeks for the promotional materials. And we ask and we ask and we ask and we're told, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, then three days before Valentine's Day, the last day we can really get any kind of effective campaign going, we get all the materials. Now, the owner of the e-commerce store may not even know this ever happened because he's got a team that's handling creative. We do our best to put everything together, but Google's trying to figure out those campaigns with all the smart bidding options and things like that. So let's just say that a campaign flops. Well, the e-commerce owner is ticked because he's looking at or she's looking at the results year over year. They way underperformed. His first thought is it's the agency. But if if that person stops to call the agency and say, tell me, tell me a little bit about what happened. Well, you know how we've asked for two-week lead time on promotions, right? We got your materials three days ahead. We never really had time to get those campaigns any kind of speed. And as a result, this is what happened. Oh, okay. Well, let me go back and talk to my team. It's just those those still small voices need to be voiced is the deal because chances are if you voice it and it's off base, it's not a big deal. 
because the air is cleared. But if there's a serious issue, sometimes by the client bringing up something that's a sneaking suspicion, because let's face it, they still know their business better than the agency does. They may sometimes voice something that we can investigate and we find something out that really helps with the campaign. Otherwise, maybe we're continuing down a track that we thought was a best practice. Yeah, so it sounds like over-communication is kind of the best thing at that point. So if you have any kind of... Over, yeah, over-communication. On both sides, right? So even as the business owner, if you have any kind of hesitation or questions, just kind of that little, you know, that itch saying, is something 100% right here? Talk about it as soon as possible. And at least, because you've had, you know, I think... We've, We've all had that experience before too, where you do talk about it and then you start, you're like, I don't like that answer. And then you yeah. kind of push that back a couple of times. And you're like, these answers fail not right. So yeah, you, you just said something very important there. If you don't like the answer, acknowledge it and talk about it. Because one of the frustrating things I've talked with a lot of agency owners, and this is something that, that comes out a lot. Client puts some kind of pushback in place. Like, let, I don't think our conversion tracking is working or we think we're double counting or whatever it may be. The agency gives a very thoughtful answer that's spelled out and submitted back to the client. What happens a lot of times is if the client didn't like that answer, we just get ghosted. <laughs> it's, it's, so we don't. And then we're, we're on the next call. That's not even mentioned. They've moved on to other things. Um, and so we've seen this sometimes stack up that we're challenged on something, we give a perfectly reasonable answer and it's never addressed. And so that's both sides responsibility to keep pushing back because uh, there are things that are always gonna be outside of each other's control, which is one is CRO, you know, conversion rate optimization. The agency could be killing it in terms of campaign structure and the way that they're bidding, but they've got, you know, we, we just had a client that had red buttons on their site for conversion actions, which is usually not a really good practice at all. They changed that. All of a sudden, we look like heroes because they changed the color on a button. Whereas before, guys, I don't know what's going on, but these campaigns aren't working. So there's always outside influences that have to be taken into account and brought into the, into the light. Okay, I like that. Definitely communication is key with us. So what happens though, you do reach a point where it's over, you've kind of gone you know, through everything and you're ready to kind of cut the ties. What do you do there? What's kind of the right way of ending that relationship? Uh, you be, you're, you're very direct about it. Okay. And, and so I've got an acronym for that one too. I got two acronyms for your audience today. So being direct. So discuss and reconfirm expectations. Now, notice that that doesn't mean you call them up and fire them. So you just got to make sure you check that off your list. You've discussed and reconfirmed expectations. Second, you inform them precisely of your concerns with evidence and focus then on systemic issues rather than one-offs. Because everybody has one-offs. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Then review those issues with an audit from another agency or an expert and ask if this is malpractice, a matter of opinion, or just minor. And, and then ask this important question, if I was your client, should I fire you for this campaign account structure and way of op optimizing? Ask that to the agency. Ask that to the agency. 
Okay. Based on my findings, should I fire you for this? Okay. Then, then encourage the current agency to defend or speak to the findings and speak to the number of times that, um, you know, that maybe maybe for us it's been the plug has been pulled when we were well on our way. Like if that had just been brought to light, we would have been able to completely solve the issue, but it was never brought to light. Then you got to count the cost before making that final decision. And, and that's that's a big one. Because sometimes people make knee-jerk reactions. Maybe maybe they completely drop the ball on your promo. But they've done six months of amazing work, and you make a knee-jerk reaction to fire them because they cost you 10 or 15 grand. But yet they've made you $250,000 over the last six, six months. So count the cost before making that final decision. And then the T is terminate. Terminate verbally not an email, you know, don't be that guy. Uh, everybody likes to do that. It's very common, but terminate verbally and follow up in writing. Because if you react quickly without respecting maybe the notice that you're supposed to give in advance to the agency, um, you know, you should be expected outside of just overt malpractice to honor the time in, that's in your agreement. So, so, you know, once you once you make that decision to disengage, read your original agreement so you know what you're supposed to do. Make sure you give the notice required, because also we've seen folks come to us. They've already fired their agency and they're desperate because no one's managing their account. That doesn't make me too excited about getting involved because you you cut loose someone before finding someone else. And, and it's not uncommon for us to actually get on calls with other agencies and help them with the transition because most of our departures are nobody's mad. It's we've either like finished the project or they're taking it in house or we just weren't. We all thought it could scale, but it's just not happening, you know, maybe or or maybe they slash their Facebook spend and it kills our Google campaigns because we're losing that organic traffic. So there's a lot of different things. And, and then after, this is important too, after you fired the agency, and I encourage both sides to do this, schedule an autopsy with your team. Ask, you know, what did we like about working with this company? What should we do differently next time? And, and what was within our control? What was outside our control? So hopefully those tips can kind of help folks slow down a little bit. And that's the biggest thing I say is you shouldn't keep your agency for months and months and months when you continue to have performance issues, but uh, you should definitely take your time before, you know, cutting loose. Yeah. I think that's the, uh, I think people do that quickly because it's an agency, right? Where if you had someone working with you every day and they were kind of sitting right next to you at a desk, and you knew they were doing great for a long time and they had just this off day, they got whatever, something happened in their personal life and they kind of screwed up. You kind of forgive them for that. But with an agency, yeah. I feel like people, this, the first time they screw up, you're just like, done, let's move on. Like they just move very quickly. Uh, it And that happens a lot faster if there's been no FaceTime, yeah. if there's been no meal shared, no drinks had, no discussion at the office, because then if you have more of that human connection, it, it will, you will be more respectful and, and take your time. 
Yeah, I feel like the more you're, you know each other, you treat each, same thing on the other side, right? As a business owner, the agency kind of sees you as a person, as a business owner, as someone that, you know, they're really kind of helping if you've had that FaceTime. So I think on both sides, it's actually a great thing. Whereas when it's just a random voice on a phone, um, you just don't have that same level of connection for each other. So you do right. the thing like that termination email, right. just like you're fired, period. And yeah. Like, well, like, and, things like and, that. And I'll tell you, those e-commerce is a small community. Yeah. It is a small community. And agencies, for the most part, we're pretty cool with one another. We'll meet at conferences. We'll tell war stories. E-commerce owners do the same thing. I'm in, I'm in a mastermind of Ezra, Ezra Firestone's Blue Ribbon Group and with 200 other e-commerce store owners. So we all communicate, and many of us know the companies that to stay away from. Like, uh, we just had an account that we decided not to move forward with them because we did our due diligence, and I actually ended up calling the agency that they had worked with before, and they essentially told me, run for the hills. <laughs> Do not engage with this guy. So we very nicely told the guy that we weren't going to do business together, and he quickly wrote us a one-star review on Google. Well, thank goodness we made the right decision. And um, because he was just frustrated that we wouldn't take his business, and he had to be on three phone calls to figure that out. And um, the interesting thing was when we responded on his review uh, very professionally about what we went through. He immediately removed his review because he knew he knew that, uh, you know, he kind of been called out in a in a professional way. And so I would just caution, you know, uh, if you're firing agencies multiple times, like if, if you've had more than three agency relationships, at least one of those agencies was a great fit for you. There's usually things that are on your side or your expectations that you kind of need to check at the door. Um, and same thing for an agency. If you're losing accounts right and left, you better start looking in the mirror. Yeah, I think that's, I think we've all, if you've been around for a while, I think we've all done this where we've kind of had started the agency relationship and it's gone south. And if you really are honest with yourself and kind of look at it, you could have done better as the business owner. You could have communicated more. You could have this so many you could have kind of set them up for success from the beginning instead of just hey you know go on your way like do your thing and then find out you know a couple months into it like hey this isn't working guys and you cancel it so i've done that i think everyone has it has been kind of if you've been around for a while you've done that um in working with an agency or a freelancer i think is a skill in itself and that's kind of all the stuff we're talking about here where you know it just doesn't come natural hiring an agency and just there, it's just a different thing than having an employee or somebody, just a contractor in your office. Um, just an external agency. It's a whole different set of skills and working with them. And that's why these tips are great, right? It's Cause it's something you, people have to learn over time to build that muscle and get used to that. So I think it's super helpful. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ha happy to help. Like I said, I think the, I'm really passionate about making the most of both relationships because you know, let, let's face it. We are here to grow one another's business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. I like that. So if people want to find you, learn more about you. And I think before the show, you were saying you had a ebook or something to link to. What could they do that? Oh yeah. Um, I've got, uh, 
the official guide Ooh, to how official. to hire. <laughs> yes, official. You know, I, I had to send it in to a whole group. They had to verify. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's the guide on how to hire, fire, and make the most of your agency relationships. And we can make that available in the show notes. I've got a place on my site. People can download that. Uh, our company is called OMG Commerce, omgcommerce.com. And, uh, you know, you Google me, you're going to find me pretty, pretty easily. My hashtag is Mo Marketer. Uh, <laughs> I like that. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, we'll link to all that in the show notes. And definitely um, we'll add the guide. So shoot that over to me. And, um, yeah, people should check that out. Sounds good. It's been uh, great spending time with you. Thank <laughs> you.